This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So the only thing left to say is, you win. Order now on the McDonald's app. You can also get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hi and thank you for downloading this Homestyle Radio podcast. Uh, the show was broadcast on the 8th of... April? Yeah, April. Correct. Uh, it was our Easter special. We didn't plan anything in particular for Easter, though, did we, Aaron? No, we didn't. We should have got the Easter bunny on. We should have like phoned him up and everything. He only <laughs> gave me three chocolate Easter eggs today as well, the cheeky sod. Is it? Is it the Easter bunny that does that, is it? It oh, is Easter man. bunny. I thought it was Jesus. No, Jesus. no, no, no. I'll, I'll put a mince pie out for him. <laughs> he doesn't eat mince pies, man. It's the bread and the red wine that's what he eats. Oh, and fish. He likes fish. He oh, does like fish as well. Religion is such a confusing subject, isn't it? It is. I've got like an E in it. Tell me about it. The <laughs> oh, idea. That went well the second time we recorded that, wasn't it? <laughs> Did it? Yes. We just accidentally, instead of recording the first version of that, we managed to um, managed to broadcast it to no one, which was good. Big waste yes. of our time. Anyway, <laughs> coming up on the, the show, um, you will talk about Mario Balotelli, and he's sending off today. We um, we have a look at the Birmingham game. There's loads of opinions from the listeners on that one. Um, a lot of people joined us on Twitter as well for live tweeting comments, which was fun. Obviously, if you get anything occurs to you during the week well, after listening to this, Get in touch during the week. Um, managed to repair the damage on the email accounts now. Seemingly, I was the only one who bothered to delete old emails, and the mailbox got full and all that sort of stuff. But you can get through to us during the week now. Radio at homestale.net. Anything occurs to you during the week, the next seven days, get in touch, and you will feature on the show. I can pretty much guarantee it. Oh, pretty much. In- pretty much. I can guarantee it. <laughs> it's all up to me. Um, yeah, so do you enjoy yourself today, Aaron? I did. I thought the show went really well, even though we did have a certain Matt Packham on board. We did. We had the return of the packs. Um, he could be a Bond villain with that name, couldn't he? <laughs> Mr. Packham. I've been expecting you, Mr. Hamlin. <laughs> yeah, I think these are thoughts you should have to yourself. <laughs> <laughs> but no, it was good Good to have Pax back. Um, he's not been on the show for a while for a variety of different reasons. Um, but, but you know, yeah, he was he was excellent today, um, as I'm sure you'll agree. Uh, and yeah, great to have him back and involved. Um, but yes, yeah, so hopefully you'll enjoy what you're about to listen to, uh, despite promising very early on in the show that it would only be an hour long, I think it's an hour and, hour and 26 minutes, so sure. yeah, but do enjoy and we'll be back for a, in a moment for the outro. 
Woohoo! Don't say woohoo when I'm trying to click stop. Hello and welcome to Homesdale Radio. Um, hopefully those of you that were listening in will actually be able to hear us because um, my computer decided to crash with around 10 seconds to, to the start of time. Uh, but we've restarted everything and apparently I'm broadcasting. So welcome very much to the show. Um, and well, joining me today, I have Aaron Mitchell and Matthew Packham. Hello, gentlemen. Hello. Hello, Hello indeed. Um, Aaron, you've got BT Infinity, so you're sounding relatively normal. Uh, let's have a little burst from you. Yes, I am completely normal. Well, just well, uh, well, cold. Yeah, steady, steady on. Let's not go too far. Pax, <laughs> um, you're sounding a little bit like you're in a tube. How are you doing? Yes, I'm very good, mate. Yep, still recovering from yesterday. Yeah, it was a pretty exciting uh, trip up to Birmingham, which we'll be filling you on in on shortly. Um, just to make you aware, because they didn't, the contact details didn't play out at the start of the show, I'll run you through the ways you can get in touch. Uh, many people have already, thanks for that. Um, but, yeah, always have more. Uh, you can get hold of us on Twitter, it's tw- twitter.com forward slash whole radio. Uh, Facebook is facebook.com forward slash whole radio. Uh, you can go in the chat room, although I think it's a bit absent at the moment with the regulars, most of them on their Easter holidays. Uh, but it's wholeradio.net forward slash chat. I'm sure Aaron will have the occasional look in there. Uh, mm-hmm. you want to bring us at any point, it's 0208 123 1646. Uh, I've turned all the annoying Skype noises off this week, so it's unlikely I'll notice your call for some time, but do keep trying. And of course, you can email us, it's radio at homesdale.net. We'll also be keeping an eye on the threads on Hull and the BBS, should you want to put anything in there. Like I say, plenty at the moment, um, but we can always have more. Um, things that we'll be doing today, uh, we'll have a chat about a few sort of hot topics, uh, one of them being Mario Balotelli after earlier on today, uh, but we'll also have a little chat about the non-football stuff around Birmingham, uh, including the chant girlfriend from Matalan, which more about that later on, it's fa- another fantastic away day moment. Uh, we'll have a little chat from, there's a thread on Homesdale. Uh, about some good stewarding for a change so we'll have a little chat around that as a concept and, and see what the boys think uh, then we'll uh, move on to our review of the Birmingham game we'll have a quick rundown of what actually happened during the match uh, and then we'll go straight to your thoughts and feelings on that uh, let's say plenty in on that and some wide-ranging opinions as always uh, we'll have a look at previewing the game tomorrow against Southampton three o'clock kickoff not one o'clock like Packham told me earlier on today to try and make me go two hours early thanks for that mate um, but yeah, we've, uh, Aaron's done a bit of work on the preview there and we'll have a talk around what we expect from that game. There's a couple of bits and pieces around a few little rumoured, um, sightings of, of Lenny Lawrence and, uh, Steve Kember, I think it was, Packham told me. Thought we'd have a little chat about that during the week, uh, from earlier on in the week. And then we'll round up all of your emails and bits and pieces. So, uh, a fairly packed show, but I'm hoping to keep it to a tight hour today, um, what with it being <laughs> Easter. Chris. Or there only being one game. Yes, Packham. Uh, can you shout out to Miles? 
I can shout out to Miles. Hi, Miles. <laughs> How you doing, mate? Right. In fact, you can't answer that because I'm it's broadcasting. I haven't really thought that through. I uh, hope you will. <laughs> um, all right. Well, let's let's get into this. There's a few little things that I wanted to talk about um, before we go into Mario Balotelli. Um, just just general sort of things about what the guys have been up to, just to get us warmed up, and so we can give you a better show. Uh, Aaron, you've been ill, haven't you? I have. It's disastrous. I haven't got bird flu. <laughs> it's not really bird flu, surely. <laughs> but, I mean, it's the first opportunity for you to use your wonderful new internet, and we can now hear you sniffing and snorting the whole way through the show. I sound uh, like just a drug dealer. Me do. Just to clarify, when I say snorting, I don't mean that. Um, <laughs> Matthew Packham, have you done it? Other than the things that we're about to talk about with regards to Birmingham, what have you been up to? Well, a lot, mate, playing darts and drinking beer. Really? Yeah. It's been a long while since you've been on a show. Um, I know, it's been very long, yeah, it's not yeah. my fault, I don't know where I stand now. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, you've obviously been listening in though, haven't you? Yeah, of course. Yeah, I mean, did you like last week's show? Pardon? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, did you, did you like last week's show, was it good, did you like it? No? Oh, yeah, okay. it was very good actually, yeah. What was your favourite part of last week's show? Um, just your voice, mate. <laughs> yeah, I get that a lot. It's funny. Um, all right. Well, look, I, I was watching the uh, the football on the telly, like most people would have been earlier on, trying to avoid family members and things like that. And um, I just sort of struck around the, the, the topic of Mario Balotelli because I don't know if anyone else, obviously, here was watching it. Hopefully, you guys will know what I'm talking about. But there's been a sending off that had been coming for some time, and that was it. Um, it kind of really made me start thinking about when you've got a player who's obviously very, very talented, but is an absolute liability, what would you do? So I'm going to ask you gentlemen what you think. Say Wilf Zaha goes completely off the rails and starts going a bit like Balotelli. What would you expect Friedman to do, Aaron? Um, mentor him yeah, <laughs> would be one. For, for definite. Um, give him some time to call off, maybe a game or two out. Even though he is a luxury, we do need in order to attack and so on and so on. But if a, if a player starts to go off the rails and starts to lose his way, then he definitely needs time out just to cool down and, and think about what he's doing. And, mm. um, you know, maybe a more experienced player in a team who's maybe been through it before, just to help him for the, for the time that he's going through. Pax, he is entertaining though, isn't he? Would you sort of tolerate it for the entertainment factor? Yeah, I'll tolerate it, but I'll probably send him to rehab, to be fair, for a week. <laughs> yeah. Send him to rehab for a week, get himself sorted out. Yeah. But, no, I like him, mate. He's, I like Balotelli. I'd yeah, I'm, I'm kind of, yeah, I'm in that little sort of camp. I think I do like him, but when you see him sort of sulking and hurtling around the pitch and putting in some pretty dangerous challenges like he did today, well, that means those are the games where he's a liability, but you, I suppose that's what, it's not like Mancini didn't know, is it? But I don't know. But you can see, certainly see why Mourinho got rid of him, I think. Um, so a lot of talent there. But I think Mancini said it best himself. He said, um, you know, if, if he doesn't sort himself out attitude-wise, then all that talent could go to waste. And, mm, uh, he's a talent that's come at a price. I think we've, yeah, absolutely. And we've seen at, at Palace talent go to waste. I mean, I don't know if anyone has missed it at all, because I think everyone's pretty much everyone would have watched it. But the wonderful videos that Bub's does um palace minute they're called on youtube if you haven't seen them just go onto youtube type a palace minute there's about 15 of them the brilliant animated videos that he does <laughs> uh, and this week's sorry this week's well, the last month or so but um has 
is the parable of John Bostock. Well worth a watch. <laughs> yes, mate. Also, um, don't forget, do you remember when he, uh, uh, earlier on in the season when he, uh, Vanatelli just stamped on uh, Scott Parker's head? <laughs> I do remember that, yeah. Yeah, uh, is it, I, like yeah I must say, he, um, again, that was one of those where... I mean, Scott Parker's got like an action man haircut, so I would have wanted to <laughs> kind of stamp on that head. But No, he's, you know what, it, you can't really defend some of the things he does, but he's certainly a character and there's not really enough of them in football at the moment, I don't think. But yeah, that, I mean that'll do on Balotelli. But just a few little things to think about. Like I say I draw the parallel between between. Yeah, obviously, we're talking about a twenty. I think he's twenty-one, something like that. And when you look at Bostock, he was a talented fifteen-year-old and is now on the bench at League Two Swindon. And I think it just shows you can so easy to waste talent. Uh, you know, obviously Balotelli's got a lot further than Bostock has, but so no one's gonna he's gonna get to a point where he just won't be worth. The, the huge wages he commands, and that would be a real shame to see someone like that go out of the game. Mm. There we are. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, a little couple of little bits and pieces. I mean, our away day in Birmingham, Pax, it was a good one, wasn't it? Well, probably the best of the year, to be honest. It's, yeah, it was so, well, so much fun. I mean, I've been, I've, you know, I've sort of been uh, in, enjoying our away trips in general, but I think it's just it, the result. The game didn't matter at all, did it? This time, nope. it's one of those where um, I mean, we're, I don't know. If any, well, if you'd seen the pictures on on Twitter, we managed to create some Palace cocktails from a bright blue cocktail and a bright red cocktail, mixing the two. Yes, they were pretty good. <laughs> um, but I mean, I heard all sorts of things before. And I've not been to Birmingham on an away trip before, and I'd heard all sorts of things about how unwelcoming it was going to be and all that sort of stuff. And I'm sure that's true in in certain areas. But we had a Great time straight in the Weatherspoons, uh, 35 shots, 85 quid. Oh, and, God, uh, hell. Yeah, <laughs> happy days, happy days. But yeah, I, I had a really positive experience. There are a few weird things, like after the game, there seemed to be like a packs of wild children. <laughs> I don't know what was going on there. They're like, you, you, wait, you can back me up on this, packs. They were like, are you talking like 12 and 13 year olds, weren't you? 12 and 13 year old kids, uh, the Palace boys were giving it a load of mouth and yeah and then suddenly they started running and because they were mouthing up outside of Birmingham pub and apparently a man came out of a glass and threw it at one of them um and then even girls started even chasing after them that was the funniest thing <laughs> it was pretty funny right. yeah. <laughs> but I mean I just I've never seen anything quite like it in terms of the, the number of actual young girls running around like screaming and shouting it was bizarre but then, then i suppose some of them might have been caught up from the fact that they were all queuing for a share lloyd gig i think it was wasn't it oh yeah that's uh, the one where i went up and said that she's my cousin yeah <laughs> yeah. yeah claiming she was your because she was your cousin yeah you do like a good lie don't you <laughs> well i mean that those are a few of the little highlights obviously as too much to mention really but most of it you have to kind of have been there but it was well it was a good away day out and um one of the things that, that happened during the game to sort of i suppose it take people's minds off the fact that we were three one, one down at the time um and there's a thread on it on the bbs which is sort of diverted into various other subjects as they often do but it's, it surrounds the chant girlfriend from matalan now if I, i'll try and expand in a, in a fairly concise way yes um, please do <laughs> yeah now there was um your usual sort of uh track suited chavs um you know wherever you are in the country there's always some of them gesturing at the away support and all that sort of stuff and obviously our away support is is usually brilliant and there was no exception this time uh when you know nice and loud nice and uh yeah specific i think the word is 
And this tracksuited youth was gesturing away at the back of the stand. So eventually the guys picked, well, everyone in the crowd decided that he was going to be our target. Which is fair <laughs> enough. <laughs> um, I just, yeah, again, he and he got the chant tracksuit from Matalan, which we've heard from, I think, away supporters at us before, I think. I can't remember where it came from. It's, I think it was brought to sell us by someone. I, I don't really remember. But um, but that went on for a while. It was good. And then it sort of expanded to to another chap wearing some chinos, and there was chinos from Matalan. And that went on quite a while, and it, it seemed to be hitting its target. And then it progressed to a girlfriend from Matalan, um, at which point... <laughs> some lad's girlfriend took exception she got incredibly angry and it's almost impossible to explain just how funny it was but she i mean she got threw herself out of her seat and came running over to the away fans screaming and shouting yes her boyfriend was trying to hold her back and it's i mean it who knows if it was the charm was even aimed at her but (laughs) she was that angry obviously she does shop at maslan you clearly named it right there (laughs) she she was absolutely fuming and she ended up being ejected from the ground at which point (laughs) which point everyone chanted she's gone to to maslan which was very (laughs) (laughs) that is brilliant i mean it's one of those classic away day moments it was just so good and there was a whole load of stuff going on that ended up with us all singing wheel shop at waitrose wheel shop at harrod and all that sort of stuff um, just good fun, really. Just that's what you do, if you, especially if you're losing the game. Just rip on the opposition fans, and I that's definitely we had one up on them there. But um, you missed all of that, didn't you, Mister Packham? Because um, ticketing incidents about some. Let's just say a drunk person forgot their ticket. It wasn't you, but um, in trying showing your solidarity, you left the game after about 15 minutes to go to the pub with him, didn't you? Oh yeah, just in the nice little pub around the corner called the Cricketers Arms. Mm-hmm. With the locals, it was a nice place to drink. <laughs> did, did you not go with the girl to Matalan then? Oh, bless. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> Good answer. Um, I mean, there are, uh, you know, the kind of the thread on the BBS, which is what, roughly what we're talking about anyway, is um, like that it did kind of divert into some other subjects. Of some, there was some unsavoury chants. There was a lot of stuff at Marlon King, but that's part of the part of the banter i think some of it were perhaps went a bit far but not really for me to say um <coughs> excuse me but also in there ended up being some people pointing out that apparently well they're saying that someone from a group of or some people in the hf were saying you couldn't chant for zaha and apparently related to him asking for money for an appearance i don't know the truth of it or whatever he's denied it apparently doesn't seem to be any true in any way so that's all, all a bit weird uh, but again, it might be worth if, if you go and read the thread on the BBS called Tracks. <laughs> yeah, Tracks. No, girlfriend from Matalan. You can see all the hilarious fun that, that usually happens on the BBS, but uh, and the Homestyle. It's not just them. <laughs> but yeah, it's it's weird, weird how things have gone at the end of this season. Just a bit, bit odd that all sorts of people seem to be falling out of each other and arguing about all sorts of bits and pieces, which is a shame. But, um, yeah, we'll move on from that thread. And a, and a sort of more positive thread was the um, the difference in the stewarding, basically, between Derby and, and Birmingham. And, and the, stu- the stewards at Birmingham were, were a credit, to be honest, because they, know, they seem to know, obviously, how things work, that the people that wanted to sing were told, go and stand out the back if you want to stand and sing. Uh, people were helped out to the front. There was a guy so drunk that he fell over the barriers at the front of the stadium <laughs> um, and yeah it was helped up and he got he, yeah he milked it he started you know celebrating when he was picked off his feet and the crowd <laughs> gave him a massive cheer like he'd scored a goal and 
Yeah, it was also it was just really really well done. I think um, a really like really well handled. And the difference, and I say that's the difference between between what happened up at Derby, which was just aggression and confrontation. Uh, but there were one or two different experiences that I picked up on. I wanted to ask you, Pax, because obviously you did have all that hassle trying to get someone in the ground who managed to lose their ticket. Uh, how did they handle that? To be honest, they did all they could do. They said if we bought a new ticket, he'd be allowed in. Mm. Um, yeah, I basically, I I gave him my stuff that I'd already got through the gate on. They tried using that, but it didn't work. So we were a bit cheeky there. Um, yeah. But no. <laughs> The, the guys were fine with it. They, they weren't horrible or anything. They just were doing their job, yeah. really. So, yeah, and that's that's the lesson there. If you treat people like adults and, and do it with the right humour, then and people don't get angry about it. And it's yeah, just like, exactly. couldn't, couldn't have been more different from Derby. But anyway, well, we can leave that subject there. We've done pretty well in, in, in terms of our introduction. Just picking up on a couple of things on Twitter. Uh, that you can Obviously, if you want to message us on Twitter, it's just include at Whole Radio with your message. <clears throat> Excuse me. Uh, Nick is somewhere in Torquay, I believe. He's at a Stop the War Coalition fringe meeting because he's a communist, I believe. Um, <clears throat> he says, I haven't got a clue what you're discussing because I'm at a Stop the War Coalition fringe meeting at the, the Nuts conference. Hmm. Uh, <laughs> but I agree with everything you're saying, Chris. <laughs> Let's start with a second 11 versus Southampton Saints. I reckon we'll stuff them. Uh, we'll preview Southampton later on, and, and one of the things we'll look at is the lineup when we did beat them earlier in the season. Isn't that right, Aaron? Yes, indeed. Um, and also, Brad uh, Bradley Gillum, Brad Cab on Twitter has said uh, the players need to realise that a poor end to the season can affect confidence running into next season. Great show as always. Cheers, Brad. Um, and yeah, that's again, that's a theme that we'll come back to in a short while because a couple of other people have mentioned that as well. Uh, looking at our running, it's I have to say it is a tough running. So. We've got to try and do something to arrest this decline. We can't concede three goals in consecutive games and be happy about it, certainly. But this is going to be a more positive show this week, because uh, we, mm. mo- we were moany last week. You can I do one moany show? You can't keep going, otherwise... You know, it just gets got- depressing and makes you want to kill yourself. Well, I wouldn't quite go that far, but you know. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, hopefully... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, nice and positive. Um Kieran Nash also says, can I get a shout-out, biggest Palace fan alive? Um, that's that's a big claim. Uh, he's going to Palace tomorrow, coming Eagles. Well, yeah, there's your shout-out, Kieran. Nice one, mate. And uh, hopefully we'll all be celebrating a win tomorrow. I can't see why not. Why the hell not? Eh? We're at home. Keep the optimism. <clears throat> right. OK, moving swiftly on. Let's let's get into the, the, the Birmingham game. Now, obviously, the scoreline was Palace 1, Birmingham 3. Uh, all the goals coming in that first half. It was a, basically a 10-minute spell for Birmingham where they scored three great goals. Um, and, uh, yeah, we got ours just before half-time. Um, oh, apparently we've cut out and no one can hear anything. Oh. Well, we're still we're still broadcasting. Whoever, Packham, whoever's told you that, can you get them to refresh their browser? Refresh their browser. And, and they should be all right. Yeah, things are a little bit tricky on the technical side of things today, unfortunately. Should be fine. Um, sorry about that. <clears throat> so, yes, um, yeah, we scored a goal just before half-time through uh, Owen Garvin. But, uh, yeah, the game game ended 3-1. Uh, again, yeah, conceded three goals, second time, second game in a row, and, uh, and we left with zero points. Uh, but the first bit of perspective I want to give is that we ended the season uh, having played Birmingham twice and won one 
at home and lost one away, and I think people wouldn't be too surprised with that at the start of the season. So there we go. <clears throat> but to give you a quick summary of the game, it was a bit of a cage opening, but around 15 minutes in, uh, Birmingham started to dominate possession, really. And uh, the Burke goal that came after 22 minutes was, was an excellent strike. Parr showed him onto his weaker foot, which I imagine had been uh, something he was asked to do. And it is it's what you do. when uh, Burke scored a lot of goals from wide right, from putting in crosses and, and sort of cutting the ball back and various different bits. Um, I know that because he's been in my fantasy football team that's been doing so well and he's won me a lot of points. But, the, um, but yeah, so Parr uh, shows him in on his left foot and he just drills a strike into the into the left corner. And I mean, what can I say? There's not a lot you can do when that happens. Um, uh, yeah, and um, sort of beyond that, oh, sorry, I've just got another message saying that apparently refreshing the browser isn't working. Someone who is listening at home, just um, just message me or something and let us know that it is working it's a bit worrying if it's not but um you'll have to keep trying uh until something happens anyway um so yeah uh, that that puts us on the back foot straight away you know and, and we did look shocked and, and it affected the confidence of the players and, and we couldn't really get hold of the ball after the restart um burke then got free on the right again and par you could see par didn't know which way he was going to go this time um uh, burke just sort of very casually rolled the ball to keith Fahey. I think that's how you pronounce it. Any ideas, guys? <laughs> no idea. Don't ask me to pronounce anything. I'm hopeless. Anyway, and he just absolutely smashed the thing into the top corner. Sort of, I think he clipped the post on its way in. Sensational goal. Unstoppable. Absolutely nothing you can do about that, really. So suddenly, 2-0 down, completely shell-shocked. And you're thinking, how can it get any worse? And a few minutes later, it gets worse. Another spell of Birmingham, pos- uh, Birmingham possession. Uh, Murphy... Uh, was put through on the left-hand side. Uh, BBC said it was Burke. I swear it wasn't Burke. But if I've got another assist, I'll be well happy. Um, so, Burke, yeah. So, uh, Murphy comes through on the left-hand side. You're thinking the guy's a left-back. I know he's played further forward, but not really much danger there. Client's coming over to cover, but he absolutely drills it. Bottom corner, 3-0 down, half an hour gone. You're thinking it's going to be a cricket score here if we're not careful. Um, but then, I suppose, after that third goal, we relaxed. Birmingham obviously didn't have to press anything and gave us a chance to actually get our foot on the ball and we sort of we, we looked just a bit better and and we sort of built up a spell of possession and we looked half decent I have to say and then well uh, sort of just before half time sort of bit of spell of possession on the right hand side comes into the middle KG rolls the ball just to his uh, to his left Garvin takes a couple of touches to steady himself and smacks it in the bottom corner nice strike um, and it's three one good moment to score and you're thinking that set us up for uh, for an exciting second half here um uh apparently rich green's saying he's receiving us loud and clear so it's poor old miles and same from uh, from liam cpfc down twitter cheers chaps that's uh, the panic it can leave my voice and it's panic overall right <laughs> that's it see some problem that uh, poor miles is having i hope he hope he can tune back in shortly um, okay, right. Well, let's let's move that on. So we, we're sort of at half time, and we're all feeling fairly cheerful anyway because it's been a nice day out and and what have you. And, with, and there's a lot of we're going to win four three being shouted out and all that sort of stuff. <laughs> so, you know, it's typical away day. You don't really care about the result. Everyone's happy and and just hoping for the best, really. But what we ended up with was a fairly low key second half. You had um, you had, we had spells. And I think if, if you're, we were honest, we actually did shade it. We were a slightly better team. But Birmingham, they didn't have to do anything. They took their foot off the gas. And if 
they had another couple of gears if they wanted it, I think. I think it's fair to say. Um, but, I mean, O'Keefe, he had the best chance of that half. He, he was probably our best player on the day, but... Um, it just had an, uh, I think it was a what what you call a half volley from about twenty five yards or so, uh, and a really really good save from, uh, from whoever the hell the Birmingham goalkeeper was. I think I've forgotten that already. But um, yeah, it was a great great strike really. But um, shame it didn't go in because I think he hasn't hasn't really scored yet. Um, Aaron, do you wanna do you wanna ask me a question? Yes, uh, you said that we slightly shaded it in the second half, and Birmingham probably could have done better if they wanted to. Uh, what changes were made at half time, if any, uh, that changed the game in your view? Mm, well, I wouldn't say. Well, we didn't make any changes at half time. Again, I, I wouldn't say tactically we did anything particularly different. I think perhaps the concern, rightly or wrongly, was not to concede any more goals. And we didn't really change anything until Easter um, was replaced by Scannell um, in the, early in the second half. And Scannell was more direct, but when you th- if you think about the nature of that change, you're, you know you're taking off one attacker and replacing him with attack- an attacker. Mm. You're, you're not you're not changing a system, and that was pretty much true when when Martin came on and replaced Ambrose. Um, Martin ended up playing sort of widish right and drifting in like, like Ambrose does, and he didn't seem too happy about that to be honest. <laughs> and it was only really late on when on well last sort of ten minutes or so when Murray comes on and, and replaced O'Keefe that the system changed and we, we looked to get gold but by that time it's it's too late and, and the game had died a bit really so yeah. I, I think it, it well it's difficult to to answer the question really in in, in that i would say nothing really changed the reason we were better is is because birmingham didn't have to push us too hard maybe we we should have looked <clears throat> excuse me maybe we should have looked to change things up a, a lot more drastically in the half time then maybe I know some teams they do, they tend to just chuck out a few players. If you take Blackpool, for example, when they were losing to us, they chucked on three attackers and went for it. Maybe that's what we should have done, you know, who dares wins. Yeah, well, bang on, bang on, Aaron, in terms of that's the, where the criticism coming from. Um, mm. I don't know, I can, I think, again, that's where what people are, are probably not really too happy about. There seems to be this little bit of, whether you think it's respect or whether you think it's fear of the opposition is debatable, but yeah. certainly, Certainly, we held back, and we didn't. We didn't look to change the system. We just looked to change the personnel, um, which is a which is a weird one, really. But um, I think I think it's fair. I mean, you, we got we got zero points, and, and it, that wouldn't have been any different if we conceded another three or four. But other than for confidence, and you, you do you do wonder really that if we're, we're not going to ever go, then when are we going to ever go? Mm. And certainly, the last nine minutes isn't really enough. If I'm being completely honest about things. <laughs> But I, am being, but, but I am being positive, so um, I, 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 well, <laughs> like I say, we, we had the better of that second half, and, and I thought we were we were decent. We, we you know, but but we didn't have really any standout performers the whole day, and and they just had a just a, a, just an average performance by all the team overall, wasn't it? I suppose. But then the difference between the the two teams was three sensational goals. Exactly. Um, Pax, you, you said when was the last time one of our strikers scored in, in the chat there? Um, Easter got a goal the other week, didn't he? When was that? Um, help me out. <laughs> it was a Zaha cross. When did we score that? Mm, Doncaster. Was it? Wow. Was it? Uh... Nah, it's only a couple of weeks ago. That was, that was when last striker to score was Jermaine Easter, I think. Well, that's just embarrassing, I think. Well, yeah, we've we've not... We've not got anything like enough goals from, from the forward positions, but I mean, well, we don't. We haven't had you on a while, Pax. Let's let's find out what your opinion is. Is it 
the personnel or is it the lack of support? Just get a goal scorer. That is all I ask. Just get a goal scorer. <laughs> I tell you what, like, yeah, Easter, right, I'm going to say it in front of everyone, he is crap. That's my opinion. <laughs> okay. Right, he holds the ball up well, but he never, I don't even know. I don't think he had a shot like in the last few games I've even seen him play. I've never, I've never seen him shoot, I've never seen him drive at the goal. I don't see nothing. Mm. Murray, he's a good striker, I like him. He always gets into good positions, but he's got no one there to help him. Mm. Martin, he's good, but he's, he's been lazy the last few weeks. And mm. it's, oh, it's well, just can you, do, do, you us, do you see us signing Chris Martin, do you think? Oh, I probably um, can, to be honest. Yeah, because that's the only reason I can think that we're playing him now. I just don't think we should sign him. Mm. No. It's just my opinion. I just, I just think they need someone short, annoying, fast, just someone who's going to really annoy the defenders. But he's a bit like AJ. <laughs> yeah, someone yeah. that just drives towards the goal. Yeah. Someone's getting me into these positions. Someone. Do you think Scannell can play that role? I do, but I don't. I still think I think they should um, try. Murray and Scannell up front together. Yeah, four four yeah. two exactly. Yeah, we have been well, a few people been saying that. Yeah, it's all it's all right saying playing the whatever formation we're playing with one midfielder behind a striker, but that midfielder is not always there to help the striker out, is it? And he's not always there to give him the service. Half the time we're relying on the wingers, and that normally results to nothing, to be honest. Yeah, well, I think no, I think it's fair to say that the system's really only worked properly when. It's been Johnny Williams who's been that player yeah. in, in behind the striker. And since Williams came back, obviously now out for the season again, disappointingly. Um, but when when he has played since he came back from his broken leg, Martin's been playing in that position and, and Williams has fit, been fitting in elsewhere, which is a little bit mystifying, to be honest with you. But listen, let's move on because um, we've got we can come back to that a little bit later on in terms of what changes we can make. But but nice one for your, uh, for your input there, guys. Um in terms of, uh, as the game drifted to a close, I would say, yeah, Scanner was lively off the bench. Martin seemed pretty angry about where he's being played, and Murray didn't have any real time to make any major impact. We wanted to make a point of, um, of one of the players for Birmingham who really did impress me, and that was Peter Ramage. Um, I thought he threw himself at everything, constantly up, constantly sort of talking to the defenders around him, organising, and I just just struck me how much we missed him, really. Uh, or a player like that. And he came and g- he gave the, the Palace faithful uh, generous applause and things like that as well. And, well, I don't know. I was thinking, like, obviously, when 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 we had him, everyone was talking that he's not really a full-back, he's a centre-back. And he, he played centre-back centre, centre back for them, for, for Birmingham. And, you know, he was he was as solid as any player on the pitch and, and as good a centre-back performance as I've seen in, in a while. Um, but... We think about people's attitudes when when he was here, and then when he left, the attitude was that you know he's an average player, he's no great miss. This is this average player who's no great miss. I would bloody kill for him right now because <laughs> a we, we haven't got any real cover, and b he's, you know he's ex- excelling as far as I can tell in a side that's fourth in the league. Where are we? I, this kind of we have this tendency to write off players as if they're no good. But I always liked Ramage. I thought he always thought he had a fantastic attitude, and it's a little bit like well, so he was playing in the Premiership today, Clint Hill, in in the respect of just being just by being there, he was 
he was making other people play there and I thought it was a little bit like that as well um, on the subject that we were just talking about there um, on your, in your comments as well Pax we've got a few suggestions Sam Ward has said um, Martin has scored more than Murray and Easter drop Easter he's crap <laughs> play scans Murray and Martin uh, so you, how, how do you feel about that Pax Can, bear in mind he is right Martin has scored more than more, more than the other two yep that could work um, yeah I don't I don't mind it. I, I think Martin's a very good player. I'm, I, I don't mean like I'll probably say that a bit wrong. Sound that he's been lazy, no. but to be honest, I do think he has been lazy in the last few weeks. Mm. Um, do you think also he, he's one of those he lacks a bit of pace, doesn't? He? He's no real acceleration. He's you know he's all right. He, look, he wants to have time on the ball, but he doesn't have any way of kicking on. If you know what I mean? Yeah, that's another thing. I think he just needs to play off someone. Yeah. Play okay. Off someone. Um, yeah, that's fair. Fair, fair dues. Uh, Liam, CPFC Doe, says that uh, Simeon De- Jackson is available as a free agent this summer. How do you feel? What do you reckon, uh, Aaron? Simeon Jackson? Uh, sure. Cinnamon, Cinnamon Jackson, Cinnamon. as he was referred to on uh, Sky Sports. Um, that might be a bit of a long shot, to be honest. I wouldn't really see him coming here. Maybe a, a team similar to Norwich, you know, in, that, in the Premier League and whereabouts there. But he would... I think you'd excel quite well here. Yeah. I could definitely see him along with uh, either one of our strikers, but uh, to be honest, that's a bit of a long shot. I don't think he would want to take a step down, really. And Pax Rich Green says it's uh, it's not the quality of strikers, Pax. It's the support and lack of service from our negative setup. Messi would struggle at Palace. <laughs> what you got <laughs> to say to Rich on that one? Yeah, that's another good point. That's another thing that I was going to come on to. Why the hell are we playing, what, three, three defensive midfielders? Normally, in that three defensive midfielders we've been playing uh, recently. Yeah, well, we have That's recently. That's nothing I don't really get. Well, arguably, they, they're three defensive type midfielders. They haven't always been playing in, in that kind of role. But, yeah, I know what you mean. Um, I think ever since we lost Jedanak into injury, he was the one that I thought could play that role on his own. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then that would have set us up. We've kind of tried to play that role. That's that way, but we, well, we tried it with David Wright, didn't we? And um, he's obviously he's now out for the season as well. But it's not quite the same thing. Um, there's been a few bits and pieces I read on both both message boards today that are along those lines and pointing out that Jednak's not really a threat in possession, but he's a fantastic defensive midfielder. But yes, he can play that that role on his own. And I think that's got to be the way we got to look to next season. Although I'm not sure the performances against um, against. Uh, Sort of well, Barnsley, Doncaster, and certainly the game against Birmingham. I'm not sure those have, have really endeared any major changes to Dougie Freeman's heart. So maybe that's a worry until we change personnel. Um, you said you nearly swore there, Pax. We're allowed a little bit of swearing, so don't worry too much if you do. <laughs> um, we just don't like to say too much. We're certainly early on as well. We don't like to swear that too much. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Um, right, okay, well that's pretty much the, the end of, of the, talking about the game itself, but let's talk about what people thought of it. Um, a few little bits and pieces. I'm going to start with a comment from uh, Maxi Palace on Holmesdale, um, and his very, very brief opinion. It says, our season ended during the Barnsley game. He was glad to see Gardner and O'Keefe in the team, but it's the loss of Gardner that's hurting us most. Um, there's a few other things about this later on, which we'll, we'll have, obviously, we'll cover, but we'll cover it here. Gardner was being tipped by many as our player of the year. Yeah. And he's a big miss, isn't he? Let's face it. Yeah, he's quite a Sorry, go on, go pack, pack him, you were first, just about. 
Alright, well, no, I just think he's probably been the best centre-back we've had at Palace for years, to be honest. Mm. I just think, oh, he's so calm on the ball. Yeah. You know, he's, he just controls... I think he he really is good with Paddy, because like, you can tell that he's helping Paddy in life with yeah. his experience. And, you know, he just knows the game very well. Yeah, I think that's fair. You agree with Aaron? I do, yeah. Garner just oozes class, to be honest. He's so cool and collected on the ball and he's really got a good partnership going with Paddy and they work with each other and of course since he's been missing we've kind of broken down really that partnership's just disintegrated yeah, there's, there's no coincidence there is it that we've we've, so, we've started shipping goals and setting these out of the team um, mm. yeah no very, very well it's a it's a quite an obvious statement in some ways but it's well worth making for all the you know agitation that people have had of late it's we, we've lost Gardner, who, who's been one of the standout players, and Jednak, who had started to convince a fair few people that he, he was similar. So, there we go. Um, Rudy Hedman, as he posts on Holmesdale, uh, in answer to one of my questions that I raised on there, my, the question was that our form is very poor in terms of picking up points. Do you believe that Dougie Friedman is the man to make the changes in the summer that will turn that around? And Rudy says that my general opinion is that he deserves the chance to aim to do it and to prove he can this summer with some money. And uh, probably slash possibly January 2013 transfer window. If there's any finishing touches with permanent signings he couldn't make, couldn't afford, or didn't seem worthy of risk in investing during that time by Parish. So basically, yeah, back him, back him, and, and see how he does. Uh, he says, I know we're on to here to debate and state opinion. But if even one of us were at the board at this time, releasing or sacking Dougie Friedman is potentially a potentially damaging thing to do, unless you're prepared to be a mini Chelsea with the poison chalice slash revolving door, large contractive payoff money and minimal uh, minimal damage to managerial career due to impatient and clueless owners. Uh, we have to ride the waves for at least until the start of the new season, possibly January 2013, as long as the summer signings aren't a waste of money. That's one of the things you can be confident of, the board's strategy of aiming to sign rising talent and not has-beens or journeymen. Dougie Friedman satisfies the board by choice or not. So very... <laughs> well, a roundabout way of backing uh, Dougie in, in, as manager. I don't. I mean, there's not many people calling for his head, but I felt it was a question worth asking because a couple of people had. I noticed during my um, tweet updates on Homesdale, there was a couple of people saying that Dougie is tactically clueless and we need to get rid and give someone a bit of money and give a you know get someone established in. And you're starting to think, have these people forgotten what got us in the? situation that we were in in the first place and that was changing managers and throwing money at it i mean i don't know of anyone realistically advocating change either if well i was gonna gonna ask aaron but he doesn't want me to so i'm gonna ask you pax <laughs> um, i mean have you any kind of well is any part of you want a managerial change no not at all no no he's he's not been in the job long enough um He's done, look where he's taken us. He's taken us to the Diamond Cup quarterfinals. We've beaten Man United. We've beaten Southampton. And we've done Wigan. What, what more does anyone want? At the start of the season, we were all saying, oh, just finish fourth from bottom and we'll be happy. Yeah, I really absolutely. don't get what more people want from him. I mean, there's a lot of, at the moment, and we'll, and we'll, get, we'll hear these in, a, in a, well, like a matter of minutes, but there's a lot of people saying that because all of our good work was effectively at the start of the season, although I think, to be fair, the cut run went on a bit longer than that, than most people are giving it credit for. But he's saying a lot of our good work went on at the start of the season and, and that we're actually in a decline now. That's their argument. So, I don't know. Can you see that point of view? 
Yeah, I can see that point of view, but the other thing is as well, players want to play for Friedman. Yeah. They want to play for him, and that's always good with a, with a manager, so... Mm. Aaron, you got any input on that? Yeah, just yeah. Pank's pretty much stole the words out of my mouth there. The the players, they're playing for Doogie, and that's what you need. If you don't have players who they don't play for the manager, then that manager might not as well be there, or vice versa. We got to remember what he's achieved this season. Actually, if you look at it, we're favourites to go down. And look at the start we had. We've gotten so far semi-finals. We're in the top six for a fair bit. It's just a, a progress it will take time and if we were probably going to drop off because we can't keep up with the top teams anyway but i'm pretty sure that come next season we'll start to see that progress as long as we back him yeah okay well that's, that's a fair point yes mate sorry Go just on. quickly going off the subject for two minutes yeah literally uh can people answer this question please um we're going back to the balotelli thing yeah mancini he publicly stated that balotelli will not play for the city again this season Mm-hmm. And he will probably be sold in the summer. But after the Tevez affair, do we really believe him? So if anyone's got any views on that, yeah, it'd be interesting to hear. hear it. I mean, personally, I think, well, again, I don't draw too many parallels with Palace, I don't think. But I, 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 what I would like to kind of draw a parallel with is that people's comments about the way Dougie talks in the press. Um, there's a few issues over trusting anything he says about, says about transfers, but I find that quite funny, to be honest. But like the things he says about not criticising the team, and he always comes out and talks about the positives and things like that. And you look at the contrast with someone like Mancini saying, uh, just coming out and saying that you know such and such was rubbish, or he's you know <laughs> he's not going to play for the club again. I mean, I think quite rightly in that situation, it doesn't look particularly. You can never trust that, can you? I mean, if he needs a striker and he's not suspended, he's going to pick him, isn't he? But, anyway. <laughs> but like I say, I just kind of like I draw the parallel. I don't, I don't like a manager talking. Pat's, you're talking quite loudly there, mate. Sorry if I abused you. No, I just, yeah, I just think that there's a parallel to be drawn there. I, I'm not, wouldn't be too comfortable. I like, I like Manchester's honesty, and it's not my club, so I don't mind. But if it was my club. I wouldn't feel massively comfortable about him coming out publicly and talking quite so uh, honestly, if you know what I mean. But there we are, interesting. I, you know, everyone, everyone's different. Everyone wants different things, I think. So, But that's that's how I feel. Um, <laughs> I've just noticed Kieran Nash's comments on Twitter. I'm not going to read them out, but, uh, yeah, I think you're about right there, mate. <laughs> that's pretty much what I was saying in a uh, bit in a polite version. Um, <laughs> I want to get to... Um, Lions, Ian Lyons, Lions E, Lions Joy Fifty, whatever, whatever I'm going to call you this week, mate. Um, he's basically answered quite succinctly answered the, all the questions that I raised, so I'll just go through them now. Uh, my first question is a bit of a leading one because of the, and it comes from the anger um, of people of us actually losing that game. And I just asked the question: Is losing away to Birmingham unacceptable? And he says, I wouldn't say losing to Birmingham was unacceptable. In and there it is, that's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. 
Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. That currently was the most obvious result, but I didn't, he says, although I didn't go, it did look like we changed the formation. Um, so not it's not unacceptable, but people are, are kind of behaving like it is. But um, and he's saying that we look like we changed the formation. Yeah, we didn't really, mate. Uh, it was still the, the four five one going to a four three three, but without the wide men getting forward enough, it never becomes the four three three. I think that's what the problem is. Um, I asked the question: Could we have done any better with the goals? Uh, he's just said yes, straightforward. Um, I'm not. Com- Completely convinced. I think, with the benefit of hindsight, you can say so. But I don't see too much wrong with with how people defended. You can always say you stood off, but you know, closing might have might have not resulted in a in a better. Well, in, it would have resulted in a different um, outcome, I suppose. Um, anyway, Dougie said that a poor 15 minutes let us down. Is that fair? Uh, it seems to be it seems to be a recurring theme in the last few games where teams are scoring in batches. It's not something I thought. Well, actually, that's a very good point. Uh, he says, but again, did Dougie make any changes to formation when the second went in? And can anyone who went tell us? Well, I did promise you I'd answer that on air, and we did answer it earlier on. Pretty much no changes to the formation until nine minutes before the end when Murray came on as an, as an additional forward. But at that point, the game was, was done, and we didn't really create anything. So, I mean, that's where it is. Those, that's where, they're, you know, it's a fair criticism of, of the manager, I think, at, at the moment. I don't think he's got the personnel, and, and that's where we... we come into the next question uh, being that given that the injuries to key players do people feel that Dougie Friedman has the resources uh, to set us up to beat a team like Birmingham uh, and Ian says that no he doesn't at the moment um, but then that's why I'd like him to use this period to experiment with kids and formations if he started doing this then I can readily accept defeats as he'll learn more about the players and formations in doing so and well I mean th- that's pretty much where we've been talking about the last couple of weeks really we want to see uh, a few things change but what I'd kind of ask you, you Aaron, and you, Pax, is what changes do you want to see? Well, Aaron? I'll go first if Pax isn't back. <laughs> um, <laughs> oh, we know he's here. Oh, that's, you that's go right. first anyway. <laughs> I will. Changes I'd like to see, uh, if we're talking pre-season leading up to the next season, um, we're to see uh, a couple more more quality players come into the team. We, we've got we've already got a few. You, you can name uh, just a couple straight off the bat. But we, we need that those extra two or three just to improve the overall image of the squad. When you look at teams who are further up the table, uh, Southampton, Birmingham, they've all got those certain players that stand out a lot more than others. And I think that's what we need. I'd like to see a few come in and change up the tactics, change the uh, lineups, change the tactics and the strategies, and just see if we cannot try and move away from this long ball knocked down to a more um, pre-style well, <laughs> yeah, football. I know what you, you know mean, what I mean? But, but we don't... Yeah, it's hard to say we're a long ball side. We, when Murray comes on the pitch, we kind of do go long ball a bit. Yeah. But it, sometimes we're, we're given the... We're given, we're just, we're, we've got possession in our own, like, our own rear third of the pitch, if you like, and we spend mm. quite a while passing it around there without any real pressure, and t- teams know that's not the area we're going to hurt them, and then it gets launched long. So We're a bit too predictable, to be honest. Exa- exactly. It's either go long to Murray, or get it to Zaha, or whoever's on the other wing, and teams just look at that. If they do their homework, then they know how to keep us out of the game, really. 
Exactly. We're we're very obvious where we're going to attack from, and and you can pick whatever team we pick. You can always say, you know, they're here's six players, and you can let them have the ball as much as you like because they're not going to do a thing with it of any real danger. Yeah. Um, Pax, have you got any suggestions of of an individual player you'd like to see that we're currently in the squad that isn't playing who you'd like to play more often? Anyone like that? Uh, O'Keefe, I'd like to see him push on next year and be in the team week in, week out. Person, mm. I like him. I really yeah, like yeah. him. I think he's he's won a lot of people over, myself included. He's he's just one of those midfielders. Go on. Apparently, he's got a really good attitude as well in training. He's works really hard on the pitch, and oh. that's always good to hear. That is good to hear. You're absolutely right. Yeah. No, he's 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 not never let the side down at all he's, I could never look at him and say he's, he's not had a good game he's always he's consistently been decent and occasionally been excellent um, again he's probably man of the match for Palace uh, in, in a fairly average performance uh, against Birmingham I would like to say our performance against Birmingham was actually quite a lot better than the Forest game to be completely fair um, <laughs> does everyone else hear Pax scream owl there alright okay yes alright um, sorry about that that's all right, no worries. We've got quite a long message here from, from Craig, who posts his money for nothing on uh, Homesdale. Uh, and he says, in response to your questions in an overall capacity, my view is as follows. The game itself was alone, un- was, the game itself alone was unimportant to me. I spent most of my time bouncing and singing like a madman. One of the best away atmospheres I've enjoyed in a long, long time. Yeah, it was brilliant, brilliant day. Uh, as for what went on, three very well-taken goals, but I have to question our defensive tactics. Um, we d- just don't put a foot in on players and they allow time and space to pick their spot uh, we'll come back to that that's probably our talking point for this one but we'll come back um, <clears throat> when talking to my mate we came to the conclusion that the last few results we could have been su- we've been suffering could easily have happened several times this season Cardiff in the Cup for example it's a miracle we didn't lose that game 3 or 4-0 I don't believe we're anywhere near as defensively strong as a lot of Palace fans believe we are I believe the problem does arise from Paddy He's a very good defender, but I don't believe he organises the defence well. It reminds me of Popovich. Uh, was a good defender, but was awful when he was the main centre-back. The problem is that Gardner is the class of the two. I can't see Paddy being dropped, so it's uh, so it's how he will play. If Gardner goes and we need a centre-back who can lead the line. I don't think we have the squad to beat Birmingham with our injuries, but I have no sympathy. Dougie Freeman has had two and a half transfer windows and has brought in a lot of these players. We have brought in one permanent centre-back in that period while bringing in four strikers and four midfielders. I'm talking permanent players who have played in the first team. So it's his fault we're short in the positions now. There's no doubt in that. I don't want Dougie to go. Far from it. I couldn't uh, I couldn't want one single man to achieve more than I do him. But he has to start doing two things. He has to start giving fans something to enjoy on a more regular basis. I don't mean an 18-game winning streak, but to go home enjoying a match. We haven't had that for a long, long time. I don't know, I've, I don't think that's completely fair. I've enjoyed a few games this season. Um, it needs a summer to build more and definitely up to Christmas, but the way we're falling back now is quite alarming. Uh, the early form may be clouded some judgments, but in my opinion, we haven't got worse. We haven't got worse as a team. Our tactics were changed off 15 or so games, and that's where results started to suffer. In summary, I want Dougie Freeman to achieve, but we need at least to see the efforts to try. Many people have said stubbornness is costing us. I can see why this is said. We haven't played well in a long time. We haven't seen a conscious effort to change things to get results. I think it's going to be a tough summer for the playing staff. A um, couple of things I want to pick out there. First of all, um, it's this kind of misnomer of talking about defensive tactics. Now, I can I kind of agree that they're not putting a foot in. It's easy to say that after you've just conceded three spectacular strikes, but maybe there's, there's a sense to be critical there. But I, I quite... <laughs> 
I'm quite interested to see so many people bring up the defense, us being too defensive in response to us conceding three goals in consecutive games. Um, what, what, what doesn't really make a great deal of sense to me. Um, I don't know if you got any input on that, lads. What do you think? <laughs> nothing. After nothing silence, that shows all we oh, make right. of it. No, I thought Aaron was going to say something. Oh. So you're wanting a view on uh, conceding three goals in. Well, I'm just saying you can. How, I'm just. Well, I'm just a bit confused about cr- being critical of us being too defensive in a general sense. But then, uh, is being attacking going to stop us conceding goals? Possibly. I think can we you? are sitting back too much. To be honest, mm. I think we've um, we spend too much time playing the ball around in our own half, mm. which is always leading to problems. You know, we can make a silly mistake and it's a throw, then which leads to them on the attack again. Or we can, mm. we, there's a lot of times where we're getting, you know, McCarthy's got no room, so I pass it over to Gardner, and Gardner's got no to go back to McCarthy, so McCarthy thinks, oh, let's hoof it up, and then it goes straight to them. And it's things like that that I think we need to, these are the situations that we need to sort out. As a, I think yeah. I need to manage the side. <laughs> Just say, Get actually, down there. Yeah, it's actually very well put, mate, I have to say, you're, you're right. There, there is a, there is... A lot, a lot of sense in what you say in terms of well, we put ourselves under pressure quite a lot, don't we, with the way that we play, and, and that can. I just look nervous. Yeah, yeah, I do. Uh, Aaron, you've got uh, something from the chat room. I've got to mention the chat room, which is www.holradio.net forward slash chat. Hey, <coughs> got it right. Yes, we do. Uh, Premier fan in the chat room. He says he would like to see us play more like Swansea, solid at the back and playing nice, good, smooth football. Well, we do play a bit like Swansea in the fact we don't concede goals. You could argue that. <laughs> well, we, we don't did. score enough for certain. <laughs> um, it's a good point about Swansea. They're, they're a team that um, I've always... Whenever people have talked about them, I, I thought, felt bad doing it. But I've always said that they're a team that we should model ourselves on. And I know there's been often stuff said by... Uh, by uh, certainly uh, Steve Parrish, I think, has said it in, sort of in the past of them... He's referred to their wage bill and things like that. They never spent a huge amount of money. They've spent wisely, uh, but they've irrespective. Well, well, since Martinez and and with Brendan Rodgers, they they've cultivated. Sorry, excuse me. <laughs> burping. They've cultivated a style of football, um, and it's been consistent over a number of years through a number of divisions. Uh, and I wonder whether sort of the early days of that Swansea method, you know, that kind of philosophy that they built. I wonder how that there was probably a fair few people being pretty impatient about that, I'd say. But uh, it just goes to show you that, that after a bit of time, you, you can achieve something different. And I think that's what Dougie's trying to do. And he's trying... But we're, we're kind of a... Because we're a championship side and because, the, the, you know, being involved in a promotion race through, was a huge... And getting relegated from the championship is a huge, huge blow. It, it's really a difficult league to try and build something in, I think. That's just my opinion. Um, Aaron, you wanted to say something again? Yeah, uh, we got Serial Fuller in the chat. Got another one there that actually some of our best footballs come from when we have lost. Uh, Leicester and Leeds away, etc. Now, actually, I think that's got something to do with the fact that we lost those games fairly badly but that takes the pressure off the team they can just go out there and just try and do their best which kind of relates to what Packham said it is nerves in a way yeah it was exactly what what Matt was saying in that yes yeah yeah we do look nervous and the second 
you know that something happens to to kind of relax people you can see you see a very different team we actually played i can again i sort of reviewed my tweets from the game just to kind of remind myself of what i was was watching because it's not always easy to remember for a fog of drunkenness and stupidity um but i i kind of yeah i saw i saw a lot of references to us to you know to, to regular uh, quality football uh, you know only, only little spells only little like a move of about 15 passes here and there and that sort of stuff but we're capable of it and I suppose that's probably what gets people frustrated more than anything okay I'm going to rush through a few of these now because um, we're five minutes from when I wanted to finish <laughs> so much for the hour <laughs> damn it um, probably no more than an hour and ten I would say we'll do in total so hopefully no more than about another 15 minutes god damn it um Okay, we did we did Ian's email, didn't we? So let's go to a post earlier on from Eagle Sam on Homestale. So I think what we've learned in the last few weeks is this squad is certainly isn't ready to mount a playoff challenge. Yep, amen. <laughs> um, yesterday's result would have surprised very few of us and probably showed the gulf between ourselves and the top six side. Um, and again, I, when he refer to when he refers to a gulf there, in terms of actual performance and chance creation, really that much difference. It's the it's the quality that the difference. Um, thought it was a point worth mentioning there. Anyway, um, he says one thing I'd like to see for the rest of the season, like most of us, is Dougie being braver with his tactics. Nothing to lose. We might as well go all out to win games and finish as high as possible to give us some momentum going into the season. Now, he wants to see Dougie being more brutal with his team selection. Uh, mention of KG there. Um, just starting with Ambrose. Am- Ambrose. Ambrose. O'Keefe, Garvin, and KG yesterday meant we were likely to get. Unlikely, we're likely to get into a midfield battle when we really needed to be putting Birmingham under pressure from the off. Um, I'm going to stop that one there uh, because there's plenty of stuff he's written that's excellent, um, but most of it's going over the first uh, fact we will like to see Stuart O'Keefe feature for the rest of the season and be, be a reg- regular next season, which is what we've already talked about. But um, in in there, you sort of talk, he's talking about that midfield uh, was likely to get us into a battle. Well, uh, other than O'Keefe. Um, KG's been been off form. Uh, Garvin's not not really a battling player, and, and Ambrose isn't really a tackler. So, I think those are the probably the signs that that we weren't up for any kind of a midfield battle, in, in, and, and in no way able to put that pressure under Birmingham, which I think is what you, what you're getting at. Actually, it's a good point. Word on KG, gentlemen. We've had a, a, a sort of tongue-in-cheek comment to a point uh, on Twitter earlier on about KG us needing to put Slim Fast in his drinks. Um, <laughs> What, what I wanted to say, um, have you felt uh, KG's played this season? Well, Pax first. Uh, I disagree with everyone. I, li- I like him. I really like him as a player. Um, don't get me wrong, he's had, he's had his bad games, but I think everyone in the team has had their bad games as well on different occasions. Um, soon as one person gets on KG's back, which seems to have started it all off, Everyone seems to be picking on him, and when I'm standing in the homestyle now, whenever he's on the ball, he just gets mouth from the fans, and that's one thing that I totally disagree with, because he's a very passionate player. As much as people don't realise it, he's a very, very passionate player for Palace. Yeah. Uh, he likes to get stuck in, and he likes to try different balls. He's got a good eye, and yeah, all right, the balls that he does play, you know, they sometimes don't come off, but yeah. I like the way... He's got a good eye, and he's got. He, I just like him. I think he's yeah. a good player. He's 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 got quality. I actually I, I agree. I can I see where everyone's coming from. I th- I think he's an easy target in some ways. I think he's one of those. He struggles with the system around him at times because he he doesn't quite. 
I know when we bought him, I think I think Friedman sort of kind of almost looked to looked to him to play. He said he was playing him in defensive midfield, like when we had him on loan. But he says, but he's capable of so much more. He's kind of like the, the Dan's sort of role. And we've never seen him kind of progress to that. He's kind of in an in-between role at the moment. But for me, the, the two, when we've had, um, when you talk about partnerships in the pitch, Jedinak and KG work really well for me. Because KG is, is the one in that partnership who gets the ball down on the floor. Jedinak is committed. He can get tackling. You know, he can hit a shot if he needs to. Um he, he plays the occasional amazing pass in amongst his misplaced passes, but he he is very well um, complemented by KG's ability. And I think KG without Jednak at the moment doesn't look right. I, I think one, I don't know. I can see yeah. I can see the concerns with KG, but I, again, I would. That's good it, player. He he, he he has he's better, but he well, I think it probably comes from the fact he's better than he's shown. I would say if. If I can be fair about it, there's more to come. Got a few uh, messages on Twitter to cope with. uh, (laughs) Sam Ward saying um, that we should just give City a call and swap Easter for Balotelli. Mm, I'm sure we can get away with that. Uh, Harry Nash has sent in a couple of things. Um, His first question was, "Who do you think? Who do you lot think is our most committed slash best player in general?" well, that's a difficult one. I have to have a think. Aaron, I'm going to pick on you first. Who's our Who's our best player? Put it that way. Most committed, oh, most committed player, player or best player? Or no, best most player. most committed player, uh, Yedinak for me, mm. and best player. Uh, so hard not to say Speroni. <laughs> um, <laughs> well, funnily enough, that's the next question. Now you go ahead. That's fine. Uh, Pax, who's your Who's your best player at Palace, and who do you think our most committed player is? If they're not the same, most committed, Paul or Moxie. Mm. Best player, Gardner. Mm. Interesting. Uh, I'm not. I'm not far off that. I think our best player in terms of footballing ability is Wolf Zaha. Mm. Uh, he's say he's possibly one of my favourite players of, of a long, long while. Wolf, and I understand why people get frustrated, but that's how I feel. Uh, most committed, and I'll go with you. You look uh, with what Pax says about Johnny Parr, really. Um, yeah, if you look at what he's what he's done, sort of playing 60, 70 odd games and. Never, never stops running, and he was applauding the, the Palace fans long after everyone else had left the pitch at uh, Birmingham. Uh, I think he's really got an affinity with the fans as well. So it kind of reminds me of, of Aki's affinity with the fans, if you like, um, similar to that sort of player. Um, I was going to read out Nick's, but it just says, "Is the answer George Wood versus Swindon?" Hmm. <laughs> I don't really understand what that is. I think it's his random random answer uh tommy Her- herbert on twitter that's tommy cbfc 2010 uh says that simeon jackson suggested by liam earlier on as a signing is exactly the sort of player we need so there we go that's a little quick twitter roundup for you there uh, i've got mention aaron is there something in the chat room or do you just want to mention the chat room uh, there's something in the chat room uh, it's premier fan again he reckons that williams is the best and most committed player this season despite his injury hmm. wonderful Wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> Beautiful. Good stuff. Um, okay, well, we're going to leave uh, Eagle Sam's note behind because uh, you know, we cover old, uh, old ground too much. But thank you very much for that post earlier on, mate. Um, everybody Dan's now has responded to my questions. Um, just that I'll pick a, pick a couple of bits out. The first is the when I was talking about the injuries to key players, he says, given that people were calling it a toss-up between Gardner and Yedinak for Player of the Year not long ago, it's pretty obvious that they're massive losses for the team. Birmingham away is one of the hardest fixtures in the Championship. I don't think it's any surprise we didn't get a result. 
which is absolutely fair enough. Um, and he's we're talking about the, the loss into Birmingham in general, saying that clearly they've got a far superior squad to our own, um, a far greater financial backing, depending on where the financial backing comes from, eh? Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but he says, having said that, I don't think they look significantly better than us on the day. Again, I totally agree with that. That's, that's fair. Um, but yeah, again, talking about the goals, he says the th- possibly the third we could have done better, but even that was a good finish. First two were absolute screamers and pretty unavoidable. Um, so yeah, so I couldn't really agree with any of that more, really. Um, let's see. Uh, his feelings on Dougie going forward, he says absolutely he's the man to, um, to help to turn it around uh, from the poor form we're currently in. So assuming we finish around mid-table, the mid-table mark today, that's massive progression from last season. Given that, he deserves the chance to continue that progression next season. His worry is for the inevitable loss of Klein and possibly others, brackets Gardner. Uh, will clearly take us a few steps backwards, and I hope we can find replacements uh, such that Freeman's good work this year isn't undone by something which is ultimately out of his hands. Um, it's a very, very good point. And the final note from there that I'm going to cover is uh, Surrey Eagle 2010. Um, again, I'll pick a few little bits and pieces out, really. He um, says that our worrying and rotten series of results carry on, but to be honest, with Birmingham's form, our mounting injuries to key players, lack of confidence and with our lack of goals, only the very mo- most optimistic of fans and the, and the clinically insane would have bet on three away points yesterday. He says the good news keeps on coming with Southampton arriving in town for another tomorrow for another tough game, so I'll see you all there once again. And I uh, hope, as ever, we rise to the challenge and don't roll over like the Forest game. Uh, he then talks about our running being very, very tough. But um, like the rest of us, he's still committed to supporting the side and, and getting himself down to the games. And it's pretty much all we can do as a, a support supporters is, is support the team. Uh, it does feel that um, if we carry on this form, that we might find it difficult to attract players for next season um, and it, to make the difference and push the club forwards. But he hopes he's wrong. Can you see that, guys? If we finish this, this um, season and end up, well, a lot low, you know, lower down the table, it's, does it make it harder to build for next year? Uh, Pax first. Uh, uh, hmm. Interesting. Uh, yeah. Right. Not really a comment on that, no. <laughs> you were Aaron, do you think it's harder to build for next season if we finish poorly? Um, if you look at confidence wise, because we, if we do drop down, we'll be dropping down a lot more, then the player's confidence will be lower. But I don't, I don't think where we finish this season will really dictate where we finish next season. I still think we'll be able to build from wherever we finish, to be honest, which for me would be a top 14 finish. For me, it's, it's yeah, well, I, I, I'm aiming, aiming a bit higher for next year, personally. Yeah. Uh, I want, I, I think Dougie's did really well in the summer considering where we finished last year, to convince people like Jed and Nack, uh, to join us. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. And to get Gardner to come back. He's managed to attract in good players, despite yeah. where we finished. Johnny Parr came in. Uh, again, he's realistically, he, he's probably could have done better than than our level, I, I think, um, potentially. Or at least better. You know, he should really be a, a stronger team than us, I think. I think he's just mm. a superb player. Um, but he sold a, a future vision to players, and, and we've we've got to buy into that as supporters as well. I think it's important um, that you're not just talking about one year. These like the players like Williams and Zahas. That, that's for me them signing long term deals. However long we hold on to them, yeah. that's them. That's them committing to the future, and that's that's as much hard work as buying in. You know, a, a, you know, a top a top player. And you think we're not going to go out and buy a Wilf Zaha or, or a Johnny Williams, are we? So. 
signing them on long-term deals shows ambition from from the manager and the club and i think those are the sorts of things that are worth focusing on um, yeah so uh yeah thanks for that sorry eagle 2010 that was it was a good message and unfortunately i couldn't read it all but i'm running out of time because i'm inefficient and rubbish uh, let's preview the <laughs> Southampton game. Uh, I've given you some work to do on this, Aaron, but I'm going to start with Lyons' uh, note that he emailed us earlier on. He says he was seriously hoping to send in an email which wasn't going to refer to our current results, but he sat down and that went out the window. So, so with a good intent banished for another day, I just thought I'd ask for you all for your thoughts as to how we, and by this I mean Dougie, approached the game against Southampton. It was against the Celtics away earlier in the season that the weakness of our system was first exposed. Yeah, we were well and truly beaten up there. It's fair. <laughs> so they employ the shape that is designed to overcome the 4-2-3-1, i.e. use the wings. And he's right. They just bashed the ball into the channels all day and it was we were undone every chance. It was ridiculous. Got very angry in that game. It was all coming back to me. <clears throat> uh, the malaise, which was for Nick, although Nick's not actually listening live and he's just pretending at home. Um... He said he's uh, quickly turning into a turgid good word, time for us all, and I feel that we have any more results like we've had in the last two games, it will inevitably, inevitably affect confidence in the squad and undo all the good work that Dougie and the boys have done to date. It'd be nice to see Dougie learn from the mistakes made and need only look at another ex-Palace player in management, Super Alan Pardew, to see that changing systems to suit the opposition is the next step in his progression. Hopefully we'll get something out of the game, but I doubt it. God hope I'm wrong. Um, <laughs> Well, firstly, thanks thanks for the message, and and obviously we share your your hope that we will do a lot better than um, than it seems on paper. If anything, we tend to raise our game against decent teams, but it's fair to say, as you did, that we didn't do great against Southampton up at, uh, at St Mary's. So, Aaron, it's down to you, yes. mate. What have Southampton well, been up to recently? Southampton, most their most recent form, it goes like this. They won two nil that's a bit American then. They won two nil away at Hull. And then they won two nil at home to Doncaster, which is something we failed to do. Uh then they got smashed three nil away to Blackpool, and of course recently drew against their arch rivals Pompey. So it's been a little bit of uh, stuttering over recent form. And their away form hasn't exactly been terrific this season. Uh if we look at head to head, it's the sixtieth league meeting between the two in which Southampton have won 28 and lost 17 of the previous 59. Mm. Not sure what that gives Palace, but, you know, you do the maths. Um, on the last four occasions, these clubs have clashed in league and cup. The side playing at home has prevailed and kept a clean sheet. Please, God, can we do that this time round. And mm. this is the third meeting this season, in which, of course, we won 2-0 at Sellers Park in the cup uh, in the fourth round, and St. Mary's were 2-0 at St. Saint- um, Southampton, Southampton was, was victorious at St. Mary's 2-0 on Boxing Day. I got there in the end. Yeah, well done. Congratulations. <laughs> All right, thanks for that, mate. Um, actually, I'll pick up. There was a, a line-up suggestion on Twitter a moment ago. And if I can click fast enough, I can actually tell you it without pausing for breath. Uh, Kieran Nash has said Speroni, Klein, Paddy, Innes, uh, who was on the bench, of course. Forgot to mention that. Uh, Dean Moxie, Wilf Zaha, Ambrose, Martin, Scannell, Murray. That's his team for Southampton. Uh, guessing that Scannell, Murray would be up top? No, no, because you've got Martin in there. Interesting. I assume he's picking the same system, but just basically bringing in Ryan Ennis there, dropping Johnny Park to a surprise, um, playing in Dean Moxie in there. But other than that, it's pretty similar. Martin coming in for O'Keefe, by the things. And Murray in for Easter. Um, interesting stuff. Certainly, I think Scannell deserves a start if he's, if he's fully fit. Uh, and for me, if you're gonna if you're gonna take Ryan Innes on first team duty to um, to Birmingham, that's a big 
sign to him that he's progressing nicely. He, you know, he's captain the England under 17s a couple of times recently again. Um, you know, he's, he's a standout player at that level. He's about 6'5", I think. So physically, he's not going to be a, it's not going to be a problem for him, um, playing centre back at, at senior level. Um, so I think he's, you know, he's got his squad number 42 now. I think before the end of the season, he's got, he's got to come in. And why not throw him in at the deep end? Why not throw him in against the league leaders? It's, it's crying out for something like that. It's a brave decision. It takes the pressure off in a lot of ways because people can then say, you know, Dougie's, Dougie's gone out there and he's, and he's, he's taken a risk and, you know, people, people will be happier about that. So why not put Ryan in this in? I have no doubt personally that from his attitude that he would, he would absolutely relish that. He certainly wouldn't be, wouldn't shy away from it. But, uh, any sort of thoughts on that, guys, and throwing Ryan Innes in like that? Um, Matthew Peckham's battery's going. You might yeah. lose him in a minute. You better get in his opinion. <laughs> uh, I wouldn't throw him in the deep end straight away, personally. Um, if he did, he did he come on, Chris? He didn't, mate. No, 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 no. no uh, I think maybe we could bring him on. But I wouldn't throw him on against Southampton, I don't think. Okay. Uh, it's, cause it's going to be quite a big day tomorrow. You, you know, just, they're bringing the six and a half thousand down or whatever. They are, yeah. Um, I just think, let's see how things go. Yeah. And don't throw him in. So. You think, yeah, why not? Yeah, it's perhaps the wrong moment. I don't know. I kind of like, I say, I kind of think he'd relish it. But yeah, interesting. Interesting stuff. Aaron, any thoughts? We're going to let Pax. Pax, if your ba- battery goes, just shout bye really quickly and then we'll go. <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> um, Aaron, any thoughts on, on that being a change or is there a change that you would rather see? Um, right, he could be chucked in a deep end because I think he would test to see how good he really is. Uh, how old is he? Remind me. Um, 16, I think. 16, very, very nearly 17. Well, yeah, it will be a test to see how good he is. Obviously, he's made England uh, under-17s and whatnot. Um, but I don't think he could really come on during the game because centre-back's a position you, you don't really change anyway, so you tend to leave. But I think if we are going to play him, we need to play him straight from the off. Yeah. That's for sure. Yeah. Fair, dude, fair, fair comment. Uh, I think McShane could possibly be back for that game, so we might not see him anyway, which would be a shame. Uh. Oh, I, I agree with you. I'd like to see him start a game, certainly, um, and, and you know, know that he's starting a game for, for the week before. So that would be pretty good. Um, all right, look, we'll um, we'll leave that Southampton thing there. Just get some predictions from you guys. I think there's probably a couple on the on Twitter as well, one or two maybe, uh, which I'll just have a look at now. But Aaron, what do you think the score's going to be? For uh, most people, as I just said in the chat, are quite down about this one. But I'm going to be slightly optimistic. Go one all. One all. Okay, I went for that earlier on. Uh, Pax? Four two. Two. Just four two, one on the one or the other. Gonna <laughs> be a goal fact, still no be um, <laughs> I can see I can see a, a draw. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna go with two all. Oh. Two all. I did see a prediction earlier on. I wonder what it was. Oh yeah, uh, Kieran Nash has gone for two nil palace with Zahar getting both. I love the optimism, mate. Well done. Uh, okay, let's leave that there. Um, fantastic. All right, I want a quick mention about some some transfers things. Pax, if you're still there, this was you and me. Want to talk about this very very quickly? Uh, you were telling me earlier on that someone saw uh, Lenny Lawrence and Steve Kember at Crawley versus Crew. Yeah, let me get the messages up. Hang on. Okay. Uh, yeah, I got a text from my mate Daryl, and he said, casually bumped into 
uh, Steve Kember and Lenny Lawrence, and we were talking about transfer targets and who they're watching at the Crawley game. He put, um, they were looking at two of the crew players today, one which looks pretty decent. He reckons we should have had, we should have a fair bit of money in the summer to spend, and mm-hmm. that we'll definitely be adding a few bodies to the squad. He also mentioned about Sam uh, Bulldock of West Ham and saying that that is their main target. Second part of it, mm-hmm. uh, he is really disappointed with Anthony Pedroza. He said that he's got a very bad attitude, he doesn't train hard, and he is always doing moaning. Hmm. About Italian disguise. <laughs> That's it. Well, Pedroza's uh, been rumoured to be very unhappy for a while now, and I think there was, in the, there was some discussion about him going back to Mexico and things like that. But obviously that one hasn't worked out because he's not featured. I think that's fairly clear, whether whether or not. But you know, I've got no reason to, to disbelieve any of this. Uh, I would be, I wouldn't be surprised. Certainly, I'd expect that um, one of the guys at Crew that we would have been looking at would have been that Nick Powell, who's attracting all sorts of attention. Whether or not we've got any chance of getting him, it depends whether any of that rumoured interest materialises. As we know from our own young players, we um, quite often they get linked with these massive clubs, and the move never materialises, and they end up at Wigan usually. But um, yeah, interesting stuff. Certainly Nick Powell, and I think there's a guy called Max Clayton there as well coming through. He's played a few games at, at centre-forward. Uh, Powell can play in midfield up front. I think he's played in defence as well, sort of played all over the pitch. And he looks like, you know, the next big name to come out of crew, and, and they do produce them quite regularly. Yeah. Uh, and and, and I, I see us as a great club for, for someone like him to go to, to the next for the next step, rather than going to the reserves at a Premier League club. Come and play some games at Palace, Nick. Um the idea of Sam Baldock, well, we were certainly in from him in for when he left MK Dons uh, and ended up at West Ham. West Ham got an embarrassment of riches up front in some ways for this level. If West Ham go up, I think he's going to be surplus to requirements at premiership level. So certainly stands to reason that we'd try and get him in. He can't be happy about making that move and not playing regularly. Um, I think he looked really good against us. So interesting stuff. And furthermore, on the transfer front, I just wanted to mention, and it was on BBS a couple of times as well, in terms of whether or not we should look at these players, but at Peterborough, both George Boyd and Paul Taylor refused new deals. Now, Taylor's the... Uh, Bye, guys. Player. Yep, see you later, mate. Yeah. <laughs> Bye, Packer. Well, cheers, Max, appreciate it. Good night, mate. Bye. And <laughs> two. He's gone. That was well-timed. His battery went completely there. Good man. <laughs> <laughs> Talk about... Anyway. <laughs> yeah, so um, just you and me, Aaron. Um, so George Boyd is a player that everyone knows. I want us to sign left left wingish, Palace fan, uh, very very skillful player. A lot of people saying he's like a worse Ambrose. Not sure I agree with that, but anyway, no one got that. No, no, no. But I, I, I'd like him. Paul Sado, I was very impressed with against us. He's got a little bit of a checkered past, but um, but a good good player nonetheless and say real handful against us uh, and done pretty well at Peterborough this year so there's some interesting things uh, like I say the, the Peterborough guys Boyd and Taylor aren't rumoured to be joining the, and the other bit was just just someone uh, that, that Pax knows who said he uh, had that conversation so we'll see if those things materialise um, to end with tonight we're just going to talk uh, one last question from James at the uh, CPFC Vice Presidents uh, thanks for that mate he says apart from recent performances I feel there have been a significant there has been a significant improvement over the season. What players' positions does Dougie need to improve uh, slash change in order that we continue and develop to develop and hopefully make a realistic push for at least a playoff place next season? And a big and you will know. Will the board support Dougie with money to make this happen? 
where we just have to plod on hoping that Dougie unearths talents via free transfers on loan signings. Cheers, James. Um, well, I think, again, it's a subject we, we sort of touch on pretty much pretty much every week about what needs changing. I think last time I said we need someone to play left wing and it needs to be George Boyd, and I kind of stick with that, really. <laughs> but having said that, uh, what we're just talking about there, um, uh, again, as Simeon Jackson was mentioned earlier on, uh, as a striker, and again, Sam Baldock as well is quite a quite a pacey young striker with a you know a real goal threat. And those are exactly the sorts of players, and that I think to me that's all we're really missing. I think we're going to imagine it though. Zahar on one wing, um, uh, so Ambrose in the centre behind the forward, Simeon Jackson if he's a forward, and George Boyd on the left. What attacking nine of these? It would be excellent. I, I mean, I already think that when we've got our strongest team out, we are <laughs> we're a pretty impressive attacking lineup anyway. I'm just oh yeah yeah. I'm frustrated we don't show it quite enough. I, I think, again, I always help back to the Ipswich game, but we had an informed Scannell on the left-hand side. We had an informed Zaha on the right-hand right, side. Yeah. We had the you know front players looking dangerous. We had the midfield firing on all cylinders, and we made Ipswich look an awful team. And you know, to be fair, they do that on their own occasionally. But, <laughs> uh, <laughs> but I think we, we looked a really good team. At that point, I've, it was only 1-0. But it was like it was a, the biggest one nil thrashing I've seen in a long time. Yeah. Kind of like I just thought this is it. We're we're building something here. We've done it, and we I think we just got a little bit. I got a little bit ahead of myself. I think a few other people have got ahead of themselves as well. Mm. Um, so I mean, yeah. In, in terms of James's question, I, in certainly those those are the areas I want to see us strengthen. Um, I also, in terms of your question about whether or not the board will back them, they're Palace fans, really. I I, I think. It will be hard for them not to. It, it, it will be hard for them not to like you know you, you, me, Aaron, <laughs> whoever, <laughs> not have the the to see that you know we can go and make this signing. It's an exciting signing. It's hard not to think. Oh, let's do it. Let's take that risk. Um, mm. I trust that the four of them won't do anything crazy, but I also trust that the four of them think you know we've got we might have to we might have to take a risk here because... They'll, they'll give us enough to make us competitive, won't they? Obviously. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, they'll, they'll set a sensible budget, they'll do the right things, but I think at the same time, there's a there's a, there's a another side to it, isn't there? And I think... Mm. I mean, they'll, they'll be learning lots about the game, like we all are, I think, from their openness. We all get to learn it at a similar sort of time to them. Yeah. But I, I think that there'll be a lot... Um, so there'll be an acceptance that we might have to take a risk because there's potential damage to not doing it. If people kind of think, well, it's a, it perhaps it's a, a bad thing to say, but if people think that, uh, well, we're not gonna we're not gonna take any risks, we're just gonna have to rely on luck of unearthing a gem here and there or from our academy, and we're gonna end up having to sell our best players because we because ha- the the attendances aren't picking up and all that sort of stuff. If yeah. those things start happening, then it's hard to arrest that. That again, we use the word malaise. That sort of slide into sort of an in, sort of a fairly low key, unexciting kind of situation. You know what I mean? It's yeah, I know what you mean. I, I, I think. Uh, talking about the board I swear I get the sense that there's there's an urge to yes let's spend money let's make this the best team ever but you know they'd say no, no we can't there's almost an urge to go mental but obviously in the best interest yeah, of the club we can't do yeah again I've seen uh, Steve Barrett's quite open on on the BBS, so we've obviously had a few conversations with with, with Steve Parrish as well, and the, the guy, you know, they they are sensible people, but I do they are fans, and that's what we love about them. I think. No, they want the best, uh, don't they? 
you know, and you're not going to agree. You know, we're not always going to agree with everything that they do because we can't even agree with each other on how we've played in football matches. You know what I mean? It's, but I, I, yeah. I think that I don't think there's any reason not to trust them to do the right things, but to also understand that sometimes, you know, you get an extra couple of hundred on the gate or a couple of or five hundred on the gate, and you can you can perhaps just by you know just by making yeah. an exciting signing or something like that, or you time these things at the right areas. You'd be a bit cynical about it. You can boost your season ticket sales and all that sort of stuff. So yeah. it, it just it's all so complicated and intertwined in football. Like fans are never happy and never <laughs> their appetite for success. Oh, you, you can never set a sort of football fan. We know. <laughs> um, you know, and I, I, we all fall into those traps. We all get frustrated, but you know, it, I think we've got plenty to be optimistic about. And, and it's a really good question from James, and I don't think it's something that will end there. Well, I'm sure we'll come back to it repeatedly. Uh, just do a quick Twitter roundup before we let you all go. Um, ooh. <laughs> uh, Aaron Chapman, hi Aaron. He says, um, "How confident are we about tomorrow?" Well, given our predictions, considering Pax went for four two, but he wouldn't tell us. Who would be scoring those four I reckon goals. he's betting against the Palace. Yeah, yeah. I reckon he's on the way his bet shop already. <laughs> Myself and Aaron have gone for a draw. It doesn't seem that we're massively confident, but um, I don't think that we'll disgrace ourselves in any way. But um, we're, we're playing the league leaders, and that's it's late in the season, and they're still up there. So there's a reason for that. Looking forward to seeing Jose again, <laughs> uh, and hopefully Danny Butterfield. Um, yeah, it'd be nice to sort of see those guys again, give them a nice round of applause, and hopefully send them home with nothing. Um, but yeah, as long as we as long as we give it our best, and no one accuses us of, of shirking it and just seeing out the season, I'll, I'll be happy. Uh, Tom Mitchell, uh, hi Tom. He says, "Do you think there'll be any surprise changes in the team sheet?" I don't think we got a choice, mate. <laughs> I think, think another Tom Mitchell. Yeah. Whoa, 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 hang on. I know two people are called Tom Mitchell. One's my friend and one's my uncle. <laughs> uh, um, no idea. Amazing Stokes. No, oh, no chance. <laughs> so there you go. Well, you know, That's weird. Anyway, so yeah, um, he said, do you think we'll be having surprise changes in the team sheets? Mm, probably, probably no. don't think we have a choice. <laughs> I just think that, um, obviously with, with Williams ruled out for the season now, uh, alongside, well, we've lost Wright, we've lost Jedinak, we've lost Gardner. Uh, I don't know who's carrying Knox, probably everyone at this stage in the season. Yeah, everyone's limping to get across the finishing line. <laughs> I, honestly, I do, do want to see, I don't, I think we need to start, start with the strongest possible team we've got, and I hope, I hope that that includes potentially McShane, and if not McShane, I, I don't want to see, I want to see a centre back at centre back. And if it's Ryan Innes, then it's Ryan Innes. I think he'll do it. I think he'll be fine. But uh, that could be a surprise. Or, um, yeah, but, but I'd also like to see someone, you know, like Carl De Silva get another run run off the bench. Um, and maybe Alex Windsor get a game of something. Yeah, just anything. Just, just a few little bits. And just so we can see something different. People have got something else to focus on and can be a little bit more philosophical about the game. Um, so, yeah, that, that's really how we feel on that. Well, well, yeah, well, bloody, we'll leave it there, eh? We've <laughs> um, run over way too much again, Christopher. Nah. <laughs> I tell you, it's better than I thought, though. We're usually a lot worse than this. Anyway, look, thank you to everyone for listening. Uh, thank you very much, Aaron, for your uh, attendance today. Thanks very much, Pax, for joining us for the first time in a while. It's uh, good to have you back, mate. And, um, yeah, cheers, guys. We'll sp- oh, by the way, just, Aaron, we need to sit here for silence, in silence again for a while while the show catches up with itself. So, just, That's yeah. true. Sit there, sit there, mute your microphone while we sit here listening to ourselves for a bit. So, um, anyway, thanks a lot, 
guys, and we'll speak to you again next week. Bye now. Bye. Okay, so uh, you've just listened to what would have been a fascinating and enthralling show. Um, congratulations on getting the whole way through it. Uh, it must be exciting for you. I'm still here with, with Aaron Mitchell. Hi, Aaron. Hello. Um, so, yeah, I mean, any particular highlights from that show of your, uh, for you? Not of yours. It wasn't your show. No, it wasn't my show. It's that's the Homsdale radio show for a reason. Um, not much pointed out for me apart from that. My nose is running faster than a cheetah on cocaine. I can tell you. Oh. Now I really don't know if I can <laughs> use that. I mean, but we'll let it slide since you can't directly libel a non-specific cheetah. I don't think. <laughs> but, uh, but if there are any cheetahs listening. Um, Aaron certainly isn't insinuating that you do any drugs. Mm. So, um, mm. so yeah, I mean, yeah, hopefully you, you guys would have enjoyed that. Like I said uh, in the introduction, it'd be really great if you could have um, anything that either from the show or anything over the next seven days uh, sort of occurs to you that you want us to cover. Just send us an email, radio at homesdale.net. Uh, we'll use it to shape next week's show. And um, say you'll, you'll get credited, you'll feature, uh, and it'll, it, yeah, say it does help a great deal. And we've had some fantastic interaction with the listeners over the last couple of weeks, mm. uh, just from a couple of little changes we've made to the way we do things and how we go and canvas for some opinions. And I've really, I've really enjoyed that interaction. Plus, it makes your life slightly bit easier, doesn't it, Chris? <laughs> it most certainly does. I'm very lazy, and I do like to leave things to the last minute. That is and, true. Uh, so it has, it has really helped. Anyway, we wasn't left a show planned till like an hour before we had to do it. Imagine that. Yeah, I know. Heaven forbid, eh? <laughs> no, obviously, yeah. Really appreciate you guys downloading, and especially appreciate those of you that are able to listen live and and to interact with us on the day as well. So thanks so much for that. Uh, we will be back with you again next week, uh, and until then, goodbye. Bye. Thanks for listening. It's the ninetieth minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Your mate's already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely, and control vehicle at all times. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.